I'm Shannon. I'm Mark. And this is Dirt Sailor, the podcast. You can find us on Podbean, Apple, and Spotify. We also have Facebook and Instagram pages under Dirt Sailor Podcast. Happy Throat Punch Thursday. Well, happy Throat Punch Thursday. How are you doing Uh, on this fine day? I'm doing good. How are you doing in the remote studio? I am doing all right in the remote studio. Thank you for asking. Awesome. Sent you a little video. I was warming up a little bit. I saw your warm up. It was nice. Yeah, not too bad. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit of technical difficulties, but I'm glad we got them all sorted out. We are here and there, there and here. Yeah, we are working across time zones again. What? Yeah. We're not in the same zone? We're not in the same zone. OMG. But we are working through it. Yeah, apparently a lot of people across America are not on the same zone either. Oh, it would turn out that that is true. That is so true. Some of them are in the twilight zone. <laughs> there are people in the twilight zone. Absolutely. So where are we starting on this fine, fine day? So let's go. Let's just jump right into politics. Woohoo! So Trump was restored to Twitter. He had been banned from Twitter for all his evilness. And Elon Musk has restored Trump to Twitter. Now, Trump said that he didn't wish to be restored and he wouldn't use Twitter, but Elon Musk has still restored him to Twitter. It was nice of him, but uh, Trump has his own uh, social media site now, so he has to stay on that one. He's trying to push the truth, Truth Network, Truth Social. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes down if he ever does tweet on Twitter again or if he will stay away from Twitter. But he has been returned to Twitter status and it was kind of interesting because if you look at some of his last tweets on Twitter, he does in fact ask people not to commit any bad actions against the Capitol. So on January 6th, he said, I'm asking for everyone at the U.S. Capitol to remain peaceful, no violence. Remember, we are the party of law and order. Respect the law and our great men and women in blue. Thank you. And he also said, please support our Capitol Police and law enforcement. They are truly on the side of our country. Stay peaceful. So he said that um, while things at the Capitol were getting a little out of hand. And uh, it was said that he never, in fact, asked people not to get out of hand. So that just kind of a year and a half later, almost two years later, went against what people said about him. So I thought that was pretty interesting that his tweets were also restored. Yeah, and there was uh, people present with him, and one of them, I believe, is now Fox News contributor, which was his press secretary, mm-hmm. uh, Kay- Kaylee McEnany, mm-hmm. and she has said multiple times over the last year and a half that he absolutely said what those tweets said and what and you I, just re- what you just repeated. I remember seeing them and hearing about them before they were you know, Twitter just kind of deleted him. So it's quite interesting that even his tweets were restored, not just his access. Right. And that's good because, you know, the truth needs to be told. And along with him, Project Veritas is restored on Twitter, too. So people that seek out information and news per one of our constitutional rights is actually restored so they can go back and do their work. Yes, and they were banned, I think, around the time when they started investigating the Biden diary. They were handed Joe Biden's uh, daughter's diary or a claimed copy or original of Biden's daughter's diary. 
and they could never quite authenticate it. So they handed it over to the police and said, we don't know what we don't know, but we don't want this and handed it over. And then they were raided by the FBI. The Department of Justice raided the Project Veritas reporters, including um, the head of Project Veritas, James O'Keefe. And so they were actually restored after peddling misinformation as well. So we'll see where Elon Musk is going with this. Well, it sounds like he just wants to give everybody an equal footing and let them speak. And then people get to make the decision on their own, in their own minds, whether they feel it's factual information or not, and be regulated or uh, pushed off to the side by folks that believe that they're the only ones that have the word or like Trump's site, they're the only truth tellers. Right. But that seems to be the way it works. You know, when one, when one party over the other has control of certain sects of the government, they tend to do things one way, even though there's laws written and cast in stone. And when the other party's in, they do the polar opposite. Right. And it's funny. I, I don't, I definitely don't think that's the way that things should be. But now that the Republicans have, have apparently retaken the House come January, um, McCarthy has talked about removing certain Democrats from their, their special appointments and their special boards that they're appointed over. And those individuals are releasing their statements their pressers about how that shouldn't be allowed and he's just hateful and spiteful and all of these things but it was actually the democrats that showed that when you don't like somebody or you don't like their politics you can just remove them from all of their special appointments so he's just doing what he's been shown in the past as the way to move forward even if it's not right even if i disagree with it but he's doing what they have done in the past <laughs> so it'll be right. interesting so Ilan omar is going to be if he goes through with it if mccarthy goes through with it she'll be removed from like the foreign one of the foreign um committees and uh who is it swalwell will we will be removed from an intelligence posting on his committee so it'll just be interesting how they go yeah. down and, and they should be removed and like uh, former Speaker of the House Newt Gingrich has said in the last couple of weeks, um, you know what, turnabout's fair play because they're the ones that started this kind of policy. So they need to get Doing a little taste of do. Yeah, they need to get a little taste of their own medicine. Yeah, absolutely. It's, right right or not. That's what seems to be the new direction or the same direction if you want to look at it that way because they weren't the first to do it. The Democrats started it, so turnabout is fair play. Correct. So we are still we're still in election season, even though we've called we've seen a lot of the seats called. We've seen a lot of the appointments called, whether it's for Senate or House, et cetera. But something that I read recently was that in Cobb County, Georgia. The officials happened to find that there was an, um, a memory card with uncounted ballots. So what Cobb County did is they counted those ballots and then they had to recertify their election results. And that actually ended up flipping a seat in a particular um, city council election. So to me, it was just another case of how do you accidentally not know how many memory cards you have and accidentally certify a particular election and then have to reopen, find said memory card, flip said seat, and then recertify an election. Well, see, and that's where you and I have talked on several occasions that it may be only by a few votes in a county or a community that if they aren't honest and open with their voting and with how they count and they don't have honest poll workers there, something exactly like this can and will happen. It could have been a hundred votes, a thousand, ten thousand votes, 
doesn't matter. It was still enough to turn the election of that person into their favor and not the other way. Right. I just, and then for me, it's okay. So you know that Georgia is so big and you know that Georgia has so many groups, whether, you know, this particular city, this particular county, this particular section. How did you not notice that an entire voting block was missing until, oh, it's certified. After the certification, you magically realized that a, an entire voting block was missing. Well, I hate you to didn't be a conspiracy. That, yeah. yeah, I was just, you didn't notice that you sent out 500 memory cards and you only had 499 when you certified the votes? Well, and it, you know, conspiracy theory guys would say that, you know, it's if it's one party over the other, it's pretty easy to misplace that card. Yeah. Oh, I, was... believe, I believe there was a news report somewhere that either a poll worker or a person was caught either forging or adding signatures to ballots. And we've seen, okay, so there have been some who've said forging, well, that's no big deal because it, it doesn't rise to the threshold of an extensive operation. So as long as locally it is a small operation, somehow it is repeatedly deemed acceptable. But if you get all of these small guys together, you, it could never flip a district. It can never flip a seat. I, am I supposed to believe that? But no, I, yeah, no, 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 go ahead. Well, because it can flip a seat and they know it does and they know they continue to allow it. And until we come up with the perfect fix, they're going to continue to let this sort of thing go forward because it's helping one group over another. Yes, it is. And if it went the opposite way, if you look at just before the election, when they said Joe Biden came out and said, if the Republican, well, sorry, back up, Hillary Clinton was the one saying that the Republicans were out to be untruthful and do illegal and wrongful actions and they were going to do unlawful things to flip the election. And then Joe Biden comes out and says, well, if it goes our way, it was good and truthful. If it doesn't go our way, it was clearly illegal and unlawful. And so somehow that is an acceptable way of thinking. But if a Republican had come out and said that, they're just an election denier. So you can say it just as long as you are the right party. You're the right party to say it. You know, that term is kind of a kind of a mundane or what is it unambiguous term? An ambiguous term. Election An denier can mean anything. Okay, correct. Ambiguous because you could wake up the next morning and your party lost a majority of the seats. And guess what? In your mind, you can't believe it happened. So in your mind, you're denying what happened the night before, even though it may very well have been legitimate across the board. Right. Very true. It could have been legitimate. And, but when you do certain actions, it's hard to follow that it was okay. Well, and that's why I guess people... And I say people like myself should stop following polls because polls had some groups or some individuals up by 10, 15, 20 points the night before the election. And then none of that proved to be accurate. Yeah, I think all of the polls have pretty much, they're no longer um, worthy of weight. Unfortunately, they they're not worthy of the weight that we attempt to give them. Correct. And one of these days, maybe long after I'm gone, but they'll figure out this stuff and they'll get these polls correct and they'll get the voting process down. Or we're just going to be a socialist or communist nation and there's going to be no voting. Yeah, they'll just be able to tell you what, what's good for you. Which is what a handful of these ultra uh, socialist Democrats here in this country would like. True story. Absolute true story. So what else is going on out there in the world? Well, continuing in the world of politics, talking about Paul Pelosi, 
So there was a lot going on with what happened with him. So there was a report by the police um, that was kind of put out. It was the narrative. And then an NBC reporter came out and said, this is what we've heard. And they do a whole report on it. And then that NBC reporter is actually um, pulled off of the air and they are not seen in public. They weren't, no one was told that they were actually suspended. They just kind of quit talking about this local reporter. They said that the, the news report didn't meet NBC standards. And there's been some back and forth, but it turns out that one side of the story was with regard to who opened the door when the police, so 911 was called, and then who opened the door to the police. The NBC reporter said that Paul Pelosi answered the door and then returned to the who would become his attacker. And then the DOJ filed a an account of what happened, the sequence of events, which was that the police officers are the ones that opened the door and not Paul Pelosi. So they said that this reporter didn't follow standards and they were wrong. Well, I guess the body camera footage was reviewed and it was revealed that, in fact, Paul Pelosi answered the door and then went back to his attacker. So this DOJ filing that said that the police opened the door is in contradiction to the body camera footage. And so far, what the NBC reporter reported was so far, again, so far factually accurate. So why would he be removed from his position as a contributing reporter if he is in fact telling truthful state like stories? So just that whole Paul Pelosi thing is again up in the air on what is okay to report because the reporter actually reported what happened and they lost their job. They're put on suspension and were told that they spoke untruths. However, the body camera footage supports them. Well, wouldn't it be something if it wasn't uh, Pelosi's husband and he was just John Q's citizen? Mm-hmm. Why, why is all this drama being created for a person that, according to someone that knows Paul Pelosi, he actually knew this guy and he actually called them friends, which is wild and out there from left field. If that's true or not, I don't know. That's just a report I saw in the news. But how about if it was straightforward that a guy broke into a home, he threatened an elder man, the police came, the man opened the door, you know, maybe he was confused because of his age. Um, he backed up a little bit and the guy whacked him with a hammer. Right. I mean, wh- why do we have to go th- through all this drama? Of he said, she said, police said, the camera footage says the reporter gets suspended just for speaking what he feels is the news. Um, right. And because it's and because it's Nancy Pelosi's husband and it's her, it's got to be secretive. And you they can't have to tell the it. truth. Yeah. They can't tell the truth. Even, you know, the Secret Service at their complex in D.C. supposedly weren't watching, weren't minding the store when they actually keep a, an eye on them. They have cameras and alarm systems because he is, in fact, married to the num- potential number three in the U.S. government. Um, the police, when they answered the 911 call, the dispatcher didn't know. It was a Pelosi's house. I find that in my own mind to be very suspicious and most likely suspicious and most likely untrue because I guarantee you the PD there, sheriff and the police department, knew which home was a Pelosi's and it was flagged into their 911 system that any time there was a call there, they were to immediately respond. Somehow we're not supposed to believe that. None of it makes sense. It does not. It doesn't make sense. And why punish people for literally doing their jobs? Yeah. And there's so much garbage in and garbage out right now with the news. It's actually a pretty good time for us to be podcasting. 
and, and opening our minds up to politics in the world because we now have so much news and so much going on. And, you know, our former president coined it the best when he coined it fake news. Because yeah. even a lot of these reporters, when the truth is right in front of them, they can't report the truth. They're not allowed to. It's illegal. Yeah. And I just, oh, my goodness. Uh, but know? we do get told all the time that it's, you know, I, I understand that he talked about it being fake news. But if you report the news, somehow it's still slanted or even the real news is not OK to report when someone doesn't give us permission to know the truth. Right. Just like we keep talking about, you know, I hate going into the COVID thing, but the COVID's still a big part of the last two years, over two years. And people were were absolutely destroyed. And we don't have to go over the whole thing again because we've gone over it several times, what it did to families and children and homes and all that. But now there's truth coming out about that, uh, about things that took place, not only in the Wuhan lab and in our own government and Harvard lost and North Carolina, all of these uh, labs around the U.S. that are playing around with this stuff. And now the, the truth or some words are coming out that the Wuhan lab was very underfunded. Um, their protocols and their security was terrible. They were messing around with stuff they shouldn't have from government grants from us. Yeah. Um, a part of their studies were actually based on Japanese bioweapon stuff from World War II that was very successful. Um, and we actually now have a lot of the technology from the 40s, from Japan, that we've expanded on and started messing around with this stuff. Yeah, it's like these people don't understand the consequences of what their actions can be, or they don't care. Yeah, well, there's in the the world of conspiracy theory time so what we understand about covid where we're saying it's a respiratory disease and that's why people ended up on ventilators and all of the the side effects of getting covid and it turns out that a scientist who was working on a drug for like remdesivir working on that they actually listed the side effects of the drug of remdesivir as the side effects of COVID. So that way it wasn't really known that their drug that was supposed to be helpful, because um, we're supposed to trust all, all drug companies and all of the, the help that they're here to give us, but we're supposed to trust them. And they listed, they had a doctor who was on the remdesivir drug trial study list the side effects of remdesivir is basically the side effects of COVID. So that way they would not be linked up and they could continue to get funding and continue to make drugs and quote unquote, do their job. So who are we supposed to trust? Who is it? Is it the companies that we're beholden to? Is it the government who won't let us know the truth? And since all of the details were hidden, we really don't know what the truth or where the truth, in fact, lies because we were lied to. Right. And that's actually what's pushed me into looking at more news from outside the U.S. And I've actually started watching a lot of uh, Senate hearings from Australia because there's a senator there that is very um, citizen oriented uh -huh. and he has, he has a lot of questions and they're pulling people into committee and he's trying to find out why all of a sudden in Australia, you know, such a highly vaccinated country. Yeah. They were um, very why, vaccinated. Yes. Why there's such a high death rate right now above just like England and just like the U.S. and other countries, well above Norms, um, the normal yeah. for a five year average. And he's even saying, hey, forget the five year average. And he's trying to take it month by month. And there was a couple months that the excess deaths were in the thousands. Wow. And he's trying to ask the experts that run their drug entities there that oversee these medicines and such okay has anybody looked at let's just take person x okay he had his second dose of blank on this date 
and he died on this date. How many days after he took his last shot did he die? You know, there's multiple thousands of cases now in Australia of um, respiratory death. and heart, heart mm -hmm. excess deaths, but heart conditions. Um, diabetes is diabetes is up like 25% right now, right now as we speak in Australia. Well, don't worry. Um, the drug the companies have said that they, well, one of the drug companies has actually bought the medical devices related to heart conditions so they can be the ones to help you there. Well, which is interesting. And he talked about um, how the birth rate is down in Australia right now the last year and a half like 60 percent and since we've all been stuck at home shouldn't it be up um, i mean it should it should be in the thousands right now there should be excess babies right because we were all stuck right. at home excess I mean, pregnancies just what are we just gonna do very fact what are we gonna do absolutely yeah and, and he's not a guy that's pointing a finger and saying hey i'm telling you that these things were bad he knows they're not they were good they were good for certain people certain ages at certain mm -hmm. times but they need to answer why all of a sudden there's a correlation between um, COVID hitting, vaccinations coming out, long COVID, uh, myocarditis from COVID, myocarditis from the vaccine. Right. Uh, what is going on with these excess deaths and all these medical issues worldwide in large countries that were largely vaccinated? Yeah, we definitely need to know the answers to that. Well, because, yes, they need to get their proverbial you-know-what together There's and come up with you. a solution. Yep, for sure. For right, sure. We'll see. You know, I, I'm the big guy that says, hey, and the simple guy says empirical data. Let's wait and see. Unfortunately, there's going to be more deaths, but we just have to wait and see how this plays out. You know, all this time people were talking about zombies and all that crap from other things. Maybe this is where your zombies come from. We, Who knows? We got off track on what a zombie actually is. Yes. Yeah. So. yeah. so that's just my little, just my little thing. What, what my doctor I follow says, you got to follow the evidence and the evidence has taken us in quite a strange place. It yeah, is. Because Dr. Campbell, who, you know, I like to quote on the show because I do watch him every single night. There's now peer reviewed studies on. Uh, natural antibodies from COVID and how it was very protective and the hybrid immunity from natural antibodies and a singular shot and what's better, what's lasting longer, you know, and, and how the, the human condition is holding up. And there's some great peer reviewed studies now, and they go right back to what all of the folks that were experts that were cut off at the beginning that right. said, hey, natural immunity will take care of this. Right, and there were um, those same folks who were not only saying natural immunities, but the ones who were saying that we have therapeutics that exist today, and let's use those because they exist until we can find something better, then we can use the something better. And they were also shut off from using existing therapeutics until two years later those therapeutic you know they were told that oh don't listen to these crazy people they're using the fda said don't use horse medicine that's horse medicine you're not a horse don't use it you're you know the um ivermectin's not for you well now in a court case for the use or non-use, if you will, of ivermectin, the FDA tries to say, or the government says, we never had a real opinion. We never really told people not to use ivermectin. No, we never said you cannot 100% use it. And so when they were putting out those, you're not a horse, don't take ivermectin um, websites and um, handouts and all of that. They're now trying to claim that they never actually told people not to. So <laughs> they're talking out of both sides of their mouth well, that's because, because they're getting they, sued. Yeah, and it's because they learned that from Bill Clinton. What is the definition of is? Yeah. So now they're trying to say that they never actually told people not to use ivermectin just because they compared it to horse medication and told people 
never used it doesn't mean it wasn't allowed for doctors to prescribe it. Yep. So let's talk about when you are politically defeated. You run for an office. You don't get elected. Mm -hmm. What happens? Well, if you're a Democrat and your boss, if you're like a congressional aide or whatever, but you're a Democrat lawmaker or a congressional aide and you did not win the election for the House and you'll be out of a job in January, the White House is currently looking at prioritizing finding roles for those Democrats and their aides who were not reelected or elected. Yeah, so we'll put them on the public doles or the government doles and pay them with taxpayer dollars. Yes. So if you're not elected, you're not reelected, your congressional aide, the White House is currently looking at how they can make sure you still have a job and you still get paid. Well, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours instead of, hey, you lost, chump. Go back to your state, go back to your district and get a job. Go find a real job. Go find that real real job. job. Yeah. California, uh, David Valdeo ended up winning re-election. He's going to represent the state's 22nd congressional district. He's currently representing the 21st. He sought re-election in the neighboring district after the congressional lines were redrawn. That's the same thing that happened with McCarthy. He was redrawn, too. Well, he's one of the 10 House Republicans who voted to impeach Donald Trump. Nope, During he the kept second his job. impeachment. Yep. yep. And he kept his job. Yep. And he won because that's a heavily Democratic district and more Democrats voted for him than Republicans. Oh. They saw the election as an opportunity to capitalize on his votes. You do what we want you to do. We'll still vote for you. And arguably, that's what it should be. He's supposed to be a part of a representative populace. He is re- representing his people even if it's not what you would do or not what the next guy would do if that's what his people want him to do that's what he's supposed to do yep he that's what they're elected to do that's why no matter what you say about nancy pelosi we'll just use her as an example she represented her district they all have the same mindset and that's what she's there for yep she did what her constituents asked her to do. Uh, yep. Uh, I we mean, feel it, I right, feel, we feel it's not right. But if, if you look she's at she's doing yeah, it, what yeah, they if you want look at her the California, to do. Yes. If you look at the California map, it kind of bums you out because there's a lot of red in this state. Yet, unfortunately, because of the big population centers of San Francisco, the Bay Area and Southern California, they control the rest yeah. of the state. They they control the rest of the state. And that's why for folks out there that don't understand what the electoral college is all about, that's exactly why we have to have that for presidential elections. Otherwise, one party over the other would win 100% of the time. And why should, in any party, whether it's right or left, why should one party tell the entire country what to do. We're supposed to be a united group, but we also have individualistic ideas. So why should one state have that much more control over another state? Or one city or county have that much more control over the entire state? We're supposed to be a representative group. Yeah. So one little tidbit of information for Valadeo's 22nd district. It has historically favored Democrats voting to back Hillary Clinton in the 2016 presidential election with 55.5% of the vote over Trump's 38.9. And it's interesting that they felt that Valadeo was a better candidate over Democratic challenger Rudy Salas, and more Democrats voted for him than Republicans. That is pretty interesting. Yeah, It's a pretty interesting swing. Because now they're expecting payback from their Republican electee. (laughs) Yes, for sure. So let's talk about Gabby Petito. 
Gabby Petito. So she was killed by her significant other. So a couple of things has happened in the last week with regard to her. One is that Jeopardy decided to use Gabby Petito's uh, killer, uh, referencing um, her killer in a clue given on Jeopardy. And it was... It was a bad idea. I'm not they really even did gonna... that in bad taste, didn't they? Yes, it was absolutely bad taste. I'm not even going to say what the clue was because it was in such bad taste. So number one, that happened, which is terrible that Jeopardy did that. They they need to do better. But the other thing that happened is uh, Gabby Petito's family settled with the Laundry family um, for what the family said was their role in helping the son escaped justice. Um, so they settled with that family for $3 million. Wow. Um, yeah, there's interesting. A, yeah. Well, it's, it's amazing. You know, you talk about uh, her murder, and I was just looking at a quick article. That's why I kind of stumbled here for a second. The Washington, D.C. man who helped pass criminal code overhaul was shot and killed hours before the vote. Wow. So last Tuesday, he was shot and killed right before the city council passed the bill. Kevin Blow, or Calvin Blow, 32, worked as a policy and advocacy associate at D.C. Justice Lab and testified before the D.C. City Council after reforming the city's justice system. Around 5.25 a.m. on November, he was on his way home from his job as a security guard when he was shot and killed in the southeastern part of the city. Wow. And that's actually exactly why criminals belong behind bars. They don't deserve, especially potential murderers that have been arrested, any type of leniency when it comes to bail. Period. Okay, let's talk about no... No shooting should go unnoticed or unstated. What was it that um, Rahm Emanuel, no crisis should go to waste? So this, this yes. kind of lines up with that. So unfortunately, there was a shooting at an LGBTQ nightclub in Colorado Springs. Five people were killed. So far, as we know, 18 people were wounded. And it turns out that while we are saying that we should have gun control, that weapons should be completely taken out of criminals' hands, which obviously we would all like to see if guns were taken out of criminals' hands, but you have an individual who has now killed five people and who was stopped while he was in the middle of his mass shooting. He was stopped by the people he was trying to shoot. Um, He was arrested this killer was arrested on felony menacing in 2021 but somehow he was freed he was still able to get a hold of a long gun it wasn't uh this high powered you know machine gun or an ak an ar whatever they want to say these days but he got a hold of a long gun and started his shooting after he has felony arrests, but somehow that is still a Republican fault line and a Republican problem. And even Biden has come out to say that it is because of Republicans this was allowed to happen. So even when we're talking about crime, we are still allowing criminals out. And it was a criminal that got a hold of a gun and a criminal who committed these actions but that is somehow the fault of Republicans everywhere. Well, that's interesting because this gentleman has a pretty interesting history. This Kevin Calvin Blow. He was a Marine Corps vet who was suffering from PTSD, had a long history of drug use, which cost him 66 months in prison where while in prison, he turned himself around and then got out and decided he wanted to help people post-prison. Okay. Well, the city council 
has passed the criminal justice overhaul, but the mayor has not signed it yet. If the mayor does sign it, it will get rid of most mandatory minimum sentences, expand who is eligible for jury trials, and reduce maximum penalties for burglaries, carjackings, and robberies. Oh, so we want to have less less time for the crime. So we're going to give them less time, which gives them less time at being incarcerated to be rehabilitated. The recidivism rate, I believe, in D.C., and don't quote the exact number, but I believe it's around the 80% range from what I read, as my former manager would say a while back ago. Uh, You know, so they keep, as you and I say, they're creating the problem. Then they say they're the solution to the problem, and all they're do is doing is exacerbating the problem and making it worse. Yes, they really are. And if you were to just solely listen to Biden on what happened, jumping, you know, from D.C. to Colorado, if you were to listen to him, it is because we have assault weapons. So number one, it wasn't uh, the traditional assault weapon. Number two, it was because of the likes of uh, DeSantis and people pushing an anti-LGBT agenda, except this person appears to possibly be radicalized and Islamist. That's something to um, consider, too. I'll, I'll be looking more into that to see if it was a true Islamic terrorist event. But that's one of the things that has been thrown out there. And so an individual who gets radicalized goes in and uses a long gun, not your traditional, again, assault weapon. And then he was subdued by an army person, actually. Someone who was in the military is able to subdue this person. But yet, if you, again, just listening to Biden, it's evil Republicans who are not wanting to have children at um drag queen not wanting to be at drag queen events it's those evil republicans who demonize lbgtq people because they are all drag queen wanting individuals and so again he makes this connection and so now we have to walk back whether or not a person how did they have the gun They were already felons, or at least they were arrested for a felony, but somehow it all ties back to, again, evil Republicans and their guns. Yeah, and see, when it's justified, it's all good. And let's just take that to the war in Ukraine with the Ukrainian people and others against Russia. Whether it's a just war or not, who is sending them billions of dollars worth of weapons. Biden. Joe Biden is. And I guarantee you that the weapons that they've used in Ukraine are far more lethal than anything that's ever been used in the U.S. And just this short amount of time since this war started, there have probably been thousands more killed by our weapons there than at our own hands with our non-military type weapons here, our non-military type guns. Absolutely. So when it it suits a narrative, it's okay to give weapons out and explosives and plane parts and drones and missiles and kill people. It's a justifiable situation. Yeah, it's for the greater good there. So those guys in that case talk out of both sides of their mouth as well. Because if you listen to a lot of folks, this this war over in Ukraine should have never happened. We shouldn't be sending them weapons. Um, yes, Putin's an evil man. Yes, they're trying to meddle in our elections. Uh, they were doing it long before Trump. They'll do it long after Trump. Um, China's even 10 times worse than they are, yet we're still doing business with China. We still do trade with them. So these guys talk out of both sides of their lips. So speaking of still doing trade with China... Um, way back when, when Trump was still president, he wanted to uh, get TikTok off of the app market and out of American hands because it is a Chinese spyware. 
And then he was just someone who was afraid of China or afraid of competition or afraid of whatever. And people gave him a lot of grief. And now a couple of years later, the truth is still the truth, which is that TikTok is a Chinese spyware operation. And yet now that the Biden administration is starting to really, you know, buckle down and say we shouldn't have TikTok on our phones and the applications and stuff like that. Now it's okay to talk about. I haven't heard one negative thing about Biden being afraid or it just being, you know, an old man who's not hip with the times. But two years ago, man, Trump was just an old man who wasn't hip with the times and didn't like the competition. So it's just quite interesting that depending on who's saying it, we have a different viewpoint on the whole matter. Right. It's interesting, as we were talking about Ukraine and Russia, now our own USDA is blaming Russia for rising prices on Thanksgiving. Uh, well, I mean, that's what Biden talked about before when in, instead of it being his fault, it was uh, Putin's war, Putin's price hike, Putin's gas hikes, Putin this, Putin that. So even though we're in a situation where it's been 20 whatever months since Biden took office, it, none of his decision making can be seen as a negative. It's all been a positive. So everything that is negative is not his fault, but somebody else's. So it's, you know, the Ukraine-Russian war, it's Putin's fault that we have astronomical turkey prices. We're up 20% year over year, and we were already up last year, and now we're up again. Yes, and it's interesting that the USDA memo that was uh, released said prices will be higher because of this year's outbreak of a highly pathogenic avian influenza, HPA1, which led to the death of 8 million turkeys in 2022. But the USDA memo also said Russia's war on Ukraine and the drought across the United States are also factors that are pushing up the prices of Thanksgiving staples. However, when Fox Digital News tried to have the USDA respond, they did not answer the question as to how the war in Russia is affecting turkey prices. It's everybody else's fault. That's it's how exactly what you just said. That is another arm of the Biden administration, and it's just another excuse or reason to push it off to somebody else. Everything is everybody else's fault. So when the, I don't know if you're familiar with FTX, but it's a, Bitcoin type of... It's, it's fake money, comrade. <laughs> it is fake money. So FTX, the founder of FTX, used its fake money. I mean, it only was founded in 2019. So within three years, they were worth billions upon billions of dollars. And so they used this billions upon billions of dollars to invest heavily in democratic causes. The $40 founders, million. Yep, the founder's mother was a heavy Democrat donor, Democrat operative. The father was too. And yet now that it has all come to a crashing halt, we're still supposed to just look at it and say, no, it wasn't the next Ponzi scheme. It was just something that, you know, went down in value rather rapidly. All of the millions of dollars shouldn't have to be repaid to all the people that lost money. And even then they're talking about, okay, if, you know, whoever was donated to, well, we will just take our money and donate it to some other cause so we don't have the funds in our system. But that other cause is another Democrat cause. And they just shuffle the money around and call it good. How is that okay at all? When they just get to take their millions upon millions of dollars, shuffle it around to each other, and just say, well, I didn't take ill-gotten goods. I donated it to the next cause. Well, just like, just like the young lady that was fraudulent in the Bay Area about her new blood testing machine. And there she got, it knows. Like, yeah, 11 or 12 years in prison. 11. At, 
as a lot of professional investors knew, hedge fund managers and others knew that this young man was a fraud, that the way he was doing things was a Ponzi scheme, that they were running mm-hmm. it out of a hotel in the Bahamas. Yeah. Um, there was 20 some members there that were sharing um, a hotel room or a, an entire floor. Um, they were doing things way out of character. The financial person, uh, she didn't know, and I don't want to use a, a filthy term, but she didn't know her front side from her backside. This thing went south. This is so much, so big, it could potentially in, um, hurt parts of our own economy. Yeah. Because $34 billion. It was a $34 billion scam. Yes. Larger than Bernie Madoff, larger than Enron, larger than pretty much every last scheme. Yes. And this guy is still in the Bahamas. They know the FBI knows where he's at. We have extradition with the Bahamas. He should already be in handcuffs. And back in the U.S. Why is he not in silver bracelets in here? I think what they're waiting for, and they're trying, all these people that took money from him are trying to get their ducks in a row. They're trying to pay the money back as candidates. And then once that stuff works itself out and that stuff is shaken from the trees, then they'll arrest him and they'll bring him back to the States. It'll be interesting if they really, really do, because so far it seems like it should be a no-brainer on... He was a scammer. If they're all, they all gotta use their 45 days before they have to report what they did with money. All of the uh, Democrats, because it was 99 point something percent Democrat money. So all those millions have to be reported. But even when specifically asked, like, hey, uh, oh, what's her name in Southern California? She. Oh, Maxine Waters. Yes. So even when Maxine Waters was asked, like, hey, this big thing's going down, she's like, don't want to talk about it, not going to talk about it, let's move on. It's like, how do you just get to, that's a, you know, a billion dollar scandal and you're just like, not going to talk about it. Sorry. Well, we'll, we'll call it their net worth. Okay. When these politicians think they have more power and they're given more power and than what they're legitimately do, that's how these arrogant SOBs act. Yes. Okay. She's nothing more, just like the others, I'm not just targeting her as an individual, but she is nothing more than an elected official that has forgotten that she works for her constituents. If you look at the money that her and her family has amassed over time, where they live versus the squalor that the people in her district are living Have under to live in. Yeah. yes she's another one that should be voted out booted out to never be allowed to run again in a, in another elected race ever and there's not not just her there's hundreds of them nationwide that fall into this same category they get power they get money they get arrogant and they forget where the heck they came from Right. Well, and looking at at her, looking at people like Elizabeth Warren, looking at all of them, they all seem to be so interconnected. So the CEO of FTX, Sam Bankman Fried, his father actually drafted tax legislation for Elizabeth Warren and donated thousands of dollars to the Democrats as well. So I'm not just saying it's a Democrat problem, but they're all so interconnected that you can't just say, oh, that this Sam guy, oh, he just donated money. That's not my fault. That's not my bad. That's not anything to do with me. Anyone can donate money to me, and I'm not responsible for that, which is true. Yeah, it's a tangled web. But they're so tangled in that web. Oh, his dad did this, your mom did that. And all of these people know each other so intimately that it's not just about some guy who was a bad guy who donated money somewhere. So, yeah, that's <laughs> that's a nice little, like you just said, a tangled web of people. Yeah, well, it's, you know, it, it kind of segues me into where you're currently at right now, which is down in the beautiful state of Arizona. Arizona. Yeah, when you have two folks that ran for governor, one that hid the entire time, 
-hmm. didn't do very many press conferences, if any at all, wouldn't debate the other individual. And the the kicker for me that I didn't follow until you told me and others told me, and I finally looked it up, was the fact that she was part of the Elections Commission. Oh, yeah, Katie Hobbs. Yes. Katie Hobbs is like the leader. She's the the head person. She is the tip of the pyramid. And she absolutely refused to recuse herself and step aside. So not saying that there was any impropriety there, but this is how suspicions arise. People get upset and they say elections are rigged. Yes. So it doesn't matter if the election is rigged or not. So this is something that I learned back when I worked with the feds, at least for the low person on the totem pole. It did not matter if you were doing a bad thing or a good thing. It mattered how it looked. So if it looked like you were doing a bad thing, if it looked like you could be compromised, you could still get in trouble for what it looked like, not what actually was happening not where the truth in fact lies it just you could get in trouble as the low guy at the totem pole for what things look like here somebody is running for an office and then they are also in charge of the voting scheme and then they refuse to recuse themselves so it is what it looks like it doesn't matter what the truth is (laughs) if it looks like you are improperly handling something, which is to be in charge of your own vote. It just, be, I, don't nice. she, <laughs> I don't get how nice she, I don't get how she and others just don't understand that level. Like, it doesn't matter what it is. It matters what it looks like. Yes. Perception. Perception sometimes is reality to people. Yes, absolutely. You know, and, all, and all these folks from Arizona, I'm not from there, I'm from California, but a lot of these folks from down there that felt that the 2020 election was, was already was problematic. Corrupt. Yes, was problematic. This just reinforces it. Yes. And you can say that there is not a problem, but when you go and you change the rules for people, or when you go and you decide that certain things can happen that weren't allowed to happen before, we have problems. And that's in part what happens in Arizona. And why is it that Florida can give us a vote tally in hours and in weeks, Arizona still flips, flip-flops back and forth? Like that should not be a thing. It should be within hours. We know what the vote is. Yes, we do. We, and we should know without a doubt how many people are in a state, how many are in a county, how many are in a city, how many are vote eligible. Yes. And in looking at Georgia, how do you not know that a whole entire memory card, a whole entire, that's a population. I understand you can look at a memory card and you can say that it's a half an inch by a half an inch if it's a regular size memory card or it's a quarter inch by a quarter inch if it's like the little micro SDs. But how do you say a whole entire population source missing is just a shrug of the shoulders? Because that's what they did. They shrugged their shoulders with a whole entire group of people missing. They certified an election in a local that like it was a local area that got flipped. So then they shrug their shoulders, it gets certified, and then they say, oh, we found this this memory card, and this memory card says we forgot a whole entire area, a whole entire population. And then they tabulate those votes. They say that the vote now flip-flops to a different candidate, and they say, no, really, really, this is the true election. And we're supposed to believe that across the United States, Somebody doesn't accidentally forget a memory card and say, my job could be had for this. I'm going to hide this because you've already certified the election. I'm not going to say a thing. How do we know that does or doesn't happen across the United States? We got lucky this time. We found out because someone in Georgia said something. But how do we know every time? How does the whole entire group of people and their votes go missing 
nobody really notices because they certify it again it was certified until somebody says hey yeah you know found this memory card they had no idea and if they never said anything that would have gone forward period yes it would have and it happens more than we know so so what else is going on out there in the world unfortunately in in la we had a situation where uh, LA sheriffs, LA County sheriffs recruits were hit by a vehicle during one of their runs. And we have um, an individual who has taken a turn for the worse. We don't know if in fact they will recover, but dozens of individual recruits were hit by a car. So this particular driver of the car it's gone back and forth on whether or not it was intentional or unintentional, but he was arrested initially, and then he was let go without any charges. They haven't decided if it was truly intentional or not, or what charges will be resultant from that, but dozens of recruits were hit by his vehicle, and now they're coming out and saying that he may have been like uh, had corrections and police officers in his family history because they're saying he did it on purpose. No, he didn't do it on purpose. So the truth is still not quite out there yet. But sadly, uh, a recruit is in a very bad state. Another one may have lost a limb and others have been hospitalized because of this errant vehicle. It is, and that's another... Uh, Paul Pelosi thing you can't get the straight story correct and other than intent which you can't necessarily know unless someone says I really wanted to stick it to them how do we not know the rest of it well and we really don't need to know right away it's uh, it's not a right to know immediately they have to do what's called an investigation first Mm -hmm. we've gotten so I think we've gotten so used as a citizenry of watching, you know, NCIS Hawaii and NCIS Los Angeles that we think that we'll you know, know in can, a minute they can do DNA tests and they can do all this blood work and everything. And they'll know within, you know, one hour, you know, what the person's mindset was, who he was, where he was from, why he did it, who he lived with. And that stuff can take weeks and weeks. Look at some of the DNA stuff that was uh, not used, let's just say 15 years ago correctly. And now they're coming out and they're exonerating people out of prison and they're snatching people up and arresting them for crimes they committed years ago based on the proper use of uh, DNA. Right. That's how they uh, found the Golden State Killer was through familial DNA and all of that. But it took decades to get there. Yep. So, yeah. unfortunately, it's, it sometimes takes longer than we wish to have justice. And so, takes yeah, time. It takes time. What else you got? So um, speaking of things that take time, back in 2020, there were some BLM rioters in New York who decided to firebomb a police vehicle. And they actually received the, the fire bombers received one, sorry, one received 72 months in prison. And uh, she was a lawyer, actually. And she changed her her plea from not guilty to guilty in 2022 here and then decided to take her sentence. So she was disbarred, as was her counterpart, who was also a lawyer. And they they are both receiving time years in jail so i was just quite surprised to hear that some of the protesters received jail time well and if they were legitimate lawbreakers like that they should receive time they should absolutely they should do what was that you do the you do the crime you must do the time yes you know that, that goes for all of them that goes for even though former president spoke at a speech or at a place January 6th at the election, after the election, waiting for certification. And he told them to be peaceful. Ones that weren't should be prosecuted if they were legitimately bad people. 
and that goes for any protester, any robber, murderer, fire bomber, uh, rapist, whatever. They should be held accountable for their crimes. Agreed. And this is, mind you, this is state versus federal, but these incidents happened in May of 2020 or in the summer of 2020 where they firebombed the police car. And the sentencing just happened, so more than two years later. But yet some of the January 6th individuals were tried, went to trial, were tried and convicted before this particular person met their their conviction, like met with their sentencing. So it's kind of interesting on the, the various time frames. Yeah, the expediency of certain trials. Yes. Like, why were some faster than the others? I, I do get, again, federal versus state. You're going to see different different time lengths. But some of the um, the evidence still hadn't come out for some of these individuals federally, and yet they were still tried. So right. And kind the of Oath Keeper leadership, the prosecution has rested today. Yeah, it is. So that's another thing, too, is where it's now coming out that there were FBI agents who were embedded because that was previously hidden. And then also the Oath Keepers who had flipped and were FBI informants. That information wasn't being readily shared as well. And so that has to do with how guilty or innocent a person can be but they weren't sharing that information. So that being hidden in some of these trials, it makes me wonder what's going to happen in the end. Will some of these convictions be overturned because some of that was not shared soon enough? Right. And that, that plays us into another conspiracy theory about that. Oh, and because with, with those, with those agents, the um, Proud Boys, one of their attorneys was going to call one of those FBI agents forward to cross-examine him or her. I did not see if it was him or her. Okay. And the night before the person was supposed to be cross-examined, they had a massive heart attack. And so and now you can't cross-examine the person who is there speaking against you. Yes. How convenient. Yes, a conspiracy or not. I'll let you decide. <laughs> this has been a podcast produced and edited by the Dirt Sailor Duo. Mark and Shannon are a father-daughter team who both served in the United States Navy. This production is protected by copyright laws. Until next time, anchors away.